0: Last Sunday, we completed something pretty significant in my life and also our church. I have been preaching through the Gospel of Mark for the entire year. It took 53 sermons to get through this book as we went verse by verse, line by line, word by word to study how Mark archived the life and ministry of Jesus. It was an incredible time and we loved getting to the end and thinking about all that he has taught us through that time. One of the most telling comments happened a few weeks ago when a senior adult lady came up to me and she said, Pastor, I have loved this series because we're doing something that I've never done before. And I said, oh, taking an entire year to go through a book of the Bible? And she looked at me and she said, no, actually reading through an entire book of the Bible. Here is a senior adult lady who's been in church her entire life who has never actually read from the beginning to the end an entire book of the Bible. For many of us, maybe we can relate to her where we read certain verses of Scripture, but we've never really dug in to the Bible. It's time for us to go the second mile in our Bible reading. Travis Agnew here. Thank you so much for joining me on another edition of the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus, where he said, if someone asks you to go one mile, go with him two as well. When it comes down to Bible reading, just like that illustration I told you about at the beginning of this podcast, uh, it's very simple for people to go the first mile of Bible reading. And what I mean by that, the first mile is always what's required of you and what most people will can find time to do. The first mile is just doing the bare minimum. And when it comes to Bible reading, one of the most important tasks that we can Honestly, have as a follower of Jesus, uh, the first mile goes like this: that you hear someone else read the word. Maybe it's your pastor, uh, maybe it's a, a teacher of a small group, maybe it's someone else in your family who reads the word to you. Maybe in the first mile, maybe you have a devotional book. But if you haven't noticed, a lot of the devotional books that we look at these days will have one verse of Scripture at the top of the page and an the entire rest of the page on somebody's commentary about it. So, so one line of God's Word, and the 99% rest of the page is on man's Word. And I think we've sort of gotten that backwards through the years, that we are reading the bare minimum when it comes to the Word. And not only that, we are reading it oftentimes out of context, out of the way that God had put this Word together. And so when we're going to look at the second mile today about what does it mean to Bible reading, I want to introduce a game-changing tip for your Bible reading. And this is it. Now, you may think this is going to sound very elementary, but this is a game-changing tip Read the Bible by books. And you may think, wow, that's a really impressive thought there, Trav. I never really thought through that before. But you'd be surprised at how many people have never done that. That a lot of times what we do is we take the Bible out of context, take a verse here, a verse there, and we have to realize that verses of Scripture haven't even been around uh, for the last few hundred years. And you may say, I thought the Word has been around longer than that. I'm talking about those little numbers that separate paragraphs of thought, uh, books from each other, and so that you might know John 3:16 without knowing John 3, 14 and 15 that helps you understand verse 16. Or maybe you know Philippians 4, 13, and you don't know verses 11 and 12 that really set up and, and define what 13 really is talking about. A lot of times we realize these verses have separated uh, movements of thought that God has inspired these authors to put together, and we take these verses out of context and honestly, we seek to use them for our advantage. Now, are there certain verses that are going to be more applicable than others? Absolutely. That That's natural to happen. But what you don't realize this is that the first uh, person I ever noticed that would take one verse of Scripture and remove it from its context and use it to his own advantage was a guy by the name of Satan. That's right. Uh, the devil. He was using it on Jesus. Uh, we, it's recorded in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4 as Jesus continues to combat him. And every time Satan would tempt him with something, Jesus would respond But it is written, but it is written. And so he continued to quote scripture from Deuteronomy. And so then what would take place next, which is pretty remarkable, is that Satan then, he quotes a verse uh, from Psalm 91 and tries to uh, beat Jesus at his own game. He takes a verse of Scripture, he quotes it correctly, but he takes it out of context. He twists it and uses it to his advantage to fit his agenda. And if we're not careful, we can do the exact same thing. We have to get to the place where we realize we want to read the Bible the way that God has put the Bible together, and not just the way that we think that it should be read we don't want to do the bare minimum we truly want to know God's word So let me tell you some things that I want to warn you about, and then we're going to talk about how to do this. Some things that you, you want to make sure, and maybe maybe you'll realize that some of these uh, issues have been some of the reasons why your Bible reading has slowed down in the path. Uh, a lot of times there will be people, especially it's a New Year's resolution and someone says, I'm going to read the Bible this year. I'm just promising I'm going to do it. Nothing's going to stop me. And you make it maybe a few days, a few weeks, or maybe you make it through Genesis and Exodus and you slow down in Leviticus, whatever it is. But what happens is, is that you're trying to read Genesis through Revelation, a very large book, over 31,000 verses of scripture in that book, and you're trying to do it before you've ever actually finished it. So the first piece of advice that, our the first warning I would give you is this: don't attempt a marathon before you've completed a lap. So if you were to go out t- tomorrow and say, you know what, uh, I haven't exercised, I haven't walked outside, I haven't run any distance uh, ever in my life, but you know what? This weekend I'm going to compete in a marathon. Let me just tell you what's going to happen. You're going to the hospital okay there's no way you're going to make it you don't just start out of the chute without doing any type of warm-up any type of conditioning any type of training And expect that your body and your muscles can maintain the pace of running and completing an entire marathon. Well, the same thing is happening in your scripture reading. If you are going uh, from no biblical diet to all of a sudden saying you're going to um, start reading and you're going to complete the entire Bible before you've actually ever completed a lap around the track, so to speak, you're not going to make it especially because some of the earlier books of Scripture are some of the most difficult to read and understand. When you get into the back half of Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, those are some of the more difficult passages truly to understand unless you have a good biblical understanding. And so what happens is, is that you attempt to run a marathon, and you've never completed a lap. And what I mean by it, completing a lap is, what if you have the goals to read uh, the Bible at least to start by just reading a complete, Book, not just a verse, uh, and then not going to the extreme of saying you're going to do Genesis to Revelation in a time frame, but have you ever got a few laps under your belt? So if, if you're trying to feeling guilty about this and you haven't completed your Bible reading plan and you're pondering what it should be, I just want to offer this advice. Try reading an entire book of the Bible before you read the entire Bible. Uh, read straight through the uh, the letter that James wrote or the epistle of 1 Peter. Um, maybe you get a small like one of that in the New Testament under your belt and read one of the Gospels. Go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Uh, if, if you like really thinking about how the New Testament relates to the Old Testament, go to Matthew. If you like something fast-paced uh, and getting to the point, go to Mark. If you like someone who's investigative and very detailed, go to Luke. If you like Someone who's more theological and making you kind of think deep thoughts, go to John. Find one of those. Finish a gospel before you try to go Genesis to Revelation. Maybe go all the way through Acts. And, and as over time you start developing those muscles, you can work towards reading the entire Bible. And and that's a it's a wonderful worthy goal. But you need to make steps that you're getting there as you mature. That you're not getting there right away. It takes a little bit. You got to count the cost before you begin. So start uh, completing some laps before you do that marathon. Too many people people. try to attempt to do a marathon before they've even completed a lap. So that's the first warning. The second warning is this. Don't get stagnant with your time if you don't have an adequate amount of time. And and so what I mean by this is that uh, I don't know what your preferred amount of Bible reading time would be. Uh, Some people would say, man, if I can just get five minutes in the morning, that'd be great. I know some people who are 30 minutes in or an hour in, and it just depends on every person. It depends on the, the walk of life. It depends on your sleep schedule. I get that. But what you got to make sure that y- you uh, just stay away from, and stay very, very uh, careful that that you don't get caught in this trap. That if you have like that hero of your faith, that mentor, that person who's discipling you, and you heard them say one time, "Oh, I'm 30 minutes in the word in the morning," and you say, "Well, I don't have 30 minutes to give." Well, what that doesn't mean is is that you just quit altogether. I would rather you read five minutes, uh, and and that's all you have, rather than. Uh, not able to reach that ideal that's set in your mind based on someone else's example, and you quit altogether. Uh, Whether you think 30 minutes or an hour is the most holy of times to spend the Word, you can feel defeated if you don't attain it, and you just simply just throw in the towel. And so I would just say, if you only have five minutes to read the Bible, take that five minutes. Now, I want to really push back here a little bit. Um, I think that some of you probably do have more than five minutes a day to spend in the Word. I think that's probably true. But I think that maybe if if you are at a limited season that you say, look, don't give up on reading the Bible just because you don't have the complete amount of time that you would like to have. If you only have five to ten minutes in the morning because you're running around and getting your kids ready and trying to get to work, Take that 5 to 10 minutes. Find it during your lunch break. Uh, Listen to it in the commute to work. Whatever it takes, do something. uh, And and make sure, I would say Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 tells us to make sure that we redeem the time. Uh, we're, We're realizing that the days are evil. Make sure you're not getting caught up on Netflix and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat. Some distraction that's that you're, you're saying, I don't have enough time, but you actually do. That screen time on your, your phone will really tell you a whole lot about how much time you actually do have. So, so whatever that time is, make sure that you are spending it on something. The third warning is this. I, while I think it's so important to to read the Bible as books, the third warning is don't read the Bible like a yearbook. I see so many people who want to read it like that. And if you remember uh, getting a yearbook when you were in school, uh, you'd get this book and you don't normally turn to the first page of the yearbook. You turn to one of the last pages of the, a yearbook because you look at the index and you are looking for your name. And then you look at your name. Okay, my name is Travis Agnew. And what page am I on? And I go to page 34 and I look directly to only the pages that have to do with me. I look at my uh, senior picture. I look at what sports team I'm on. I look at other places where maybe I was quoted or received or whatever it is. and, uh, And I really don't care about the clubs and organizations that I have no involvement with. I would only go to the pages that had something to do with me. Well, let me just warn you. I hear so many people that read the Bible like that. They turn to the back of the the book and they look for something like anxiety or or fear or uh, stress. And and they look for what are the verses that apply to just them right there, right now. And, And the reality is this, the Bible's not a yearbook. In fact, the Bible's not about you. The Bible's about God. And God wrote the book and he wrote it in such a way that these books help tell the story of it. And eventually you want to read the entire thing. But before you've developed those muscles to read the entire thing you've got to start reading some books one at a time the fourth warning I'd give you is this don't read the Bible like a fortune cookie. Uh, that's not the way it's supposed to be. You know what it's like? You go in the Chinese restaurant, and just because the, the waiter comes out and gives you this cookie, and it, and it goes to your seat rather than the person sitting next to you, you crack this thing open, you open up this little uh, piece of advice, and it's supposed to apply to you. And it's, it's, it's remarkable that they're so, uh, I guess, abstract that it's almost like it can apply to anybody anytime, right? And that's the way they're intended to do. Well, a lot of people would treat the Bible like that where they're hoping that some random passage will be God's answer for you today. Uh, They open up the Bible and they put their finger down and they just sort of find a spot. That is a dangerous, dangerous place to be where where you do that. Because once again, um, tell me one other book in the world that you read like that. You don't read any book like that. No one picks up any book off any shelf, just flips to a random page, points their finger down at it, and expects that somehow that's going to be what you need to hear that day. And so while can God use that? Sure, he can. Uh, Does he? Occasionally he might, but most often he's going to use the word the way that he intended it to be used, the way that he inspired it, the way that he compiled it, and that is through books. (music) So when you think about this, once again, this game-changing principle of reading the Bible by books, starting at the beginning and reading all the way to the end, you have to even realize this, that regarding the Bible, the Bible has a beginning, middle, and end, and each book of the Bible has a beginning, middle, and end. Now, each book, it has a logical train of thought, and God designed it that way. And we believe that Bible intake is essential to Christian discipleship. Since 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, all scripture is inspired by God and it's profitable for teaching, for correction, for for reproof, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work, that means that every single book in the Bible is beneficial for you, whether it's down to the ones like Jude and Zephaniah that maybe you forget about, uh, or maybe the ones like Psalms and Philippians that you feel comfortable with, or the ones like Leviticus and Revelation that scare you a little bit. All of them have some wonderful things that tell, help us know more about God. And so it's important for you to continue to work at this. Joshua 1, 8 would talk about this book of the law as he's getting ready to go into the promised land. It says that he was uh, fearful and God saying, look, don't be fearful. Here's here's why. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. So you want the, the all, the totality of it. Uh, Romans 15, 4, Paul wrote it this way. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So what was written in the former days about God is now written for our instruction right here, right now, and that through endurance of persevering, continuing to read the books the way that God composed the books, uh, it gives us the encouragement that the scriptures give so that we can find hope for our daily life. And so we want to learn to read the Bible the way that God set the table rather than treating it like a buffet line. We, we don't want to read it in such haphazard ways That's just picking and choosing, but to read it through in different stages of books. And so I recommend reading through the entire Bible, but don't attempt it until you have successfully read through a few books of the Bible. Um, so you, you take a gospel, you take an epistle, you take a couple other things that you just slowly start working your way through. And over time, you'll get to a place where you can read through the entire Bible because you feel a little more accustomed. You've got some of those things in. And, and so here's one thing I do want you to think about is, have you ever wondered how long it takes to read through each book of the Bible? Have you ever wondered that? How long does it take to read through each book of the Bible? Okay, here's something you need to know. There are 66 books that comprise the Bible, okay, 66. So there's 39 in the Old Testament. There are 27 in the New Testament. The Old Testament is a much more significant portion of the scriptures, and it is more difficult to read than the New Testament is stereotypically as a whole. So 66 books are there. They all range from very different size. So there are books of the Bible like Obadiah, and 2 John and Jude that have one chapter. The longest book of the Bible is a book uh, named Psalms, which has 150 chapters in the Bible. So you've got all types of huge extremes there. So if there's 66 books in the Bible. They, they vary in length. Uh, but while the Bible is a big book, you can read it in book-sized pieces. And so here's something I want that may just completely uh, revolutionize the way you think through this. Did you know that uh, how many of those books can be read in less than an hour? So out of the 66 books, 40 of those 66 books can be read in less than an hour. Let me say that again. 40 out of the 66 books within the Bible can be read in less than an hour. At an average pace of reading, that that equals up to 61% of the Bible's books can be read in less than an hour. In fact, some of the books will take an average reader two minutes to read. So when you think about the entire book, Genesis through Revelation, man, that is overwhelming to think through. But I'm I'm telling you that some of these books you can read in literally two minutes or less. Uh, And 40 of the 66 books, up to 61% of the um, Bible's books can be read in less than an hour. Now, here's this stat I want to throw on you. The average American, it is said, watches TV for approximately three hours a day. Now, I know that that can change, and you may say, I don't watch that much, or you may say, no, that's where I'm at, or you might even watch more. If you start taking in even how uh, we quantify like screen time on our phone or we're watching YouTube versus something on an actual actual TV, that's going to change, obviously, right? That may not be your statistic, but if the average American's watching uh, TV for three hours a day, but if you took that time watching TV and you applied it to reading the Bible, you could read through one of the books every night. Every night. In fact, 61 of the 66 books, that's 92%, by the way, could be read in one day's television consumption. So, in 61 days, just giving that thing, if you just got rid of TV, the average thing, you could read 61 of the 66 books of the Bible. 92% of of the Bible could be read in 61 days just by taking the time that the average American spends watching television and get that done. Now, obviously, uh, some days it would not take that long. I just told you Third John will get, take you two minutes to read, uh, but some of the other ones will take a little bit longer. So if you think through it, the only books that you couldn't read in an in a, with an average reading pace, the only books you couldn't read in an average television watching span would be these books right here, okay? They would be Genesis, Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. Five of the 66 books could only uh, would be if you just sat down and you said, I'm going to read from start to finish. Uh, that there are only five of them that you couldn't read in the time that the average person watches a television during the day. Now, obviously, this is a fast-paced read. There's going to be certain things, and I'm not encouraging you to have to read it all in one day. What I am saying is that what if you started in Exodus and you said, I'm going to start in chapter 1 and I'm going to conclude in chapter 40 versus hopscotching around all over the Bible. I'm going to read the book. I'm going to get the whole thrust of what this book is trying to teach us to do that. And so, so what you do is you say, maybe you're not going to read. Some of these books would be great for you just to turn off the TV at night and say, I'm going to read through the book of Philippians. I'm going to start chapter 1. I'm going to end in chapter 4. And I'm not doing an in-depth word study and, and chasing down all the footnotes, but I'm just getting the big picture of how Paul put this book together. So if you have ever think about the, the, the amount that people would spend on TV or think about even binge-watching a series on Netflix, maybe you've ever done that. Uh, I think most people have in America today. If you think about this, the entire series of Lost— Uh, would take you five days and one hour to watch. Just consider that for a second. Five days and one hour to watch. So if you've ever seen the entire loss series, here's what I can guarantee, you could read through the Bible in that time. And and so what I'm saying is don't use time as an excuse to avoid Bible reading. If you've ever binged watched a series on Netflix, Uh, you can read the Bible if you want to read the Bible. You just have to make the time. And so when you look at it, uh, when I'm just looking at this list that I have, uh, Genesis, it takes the average reader three and a half hours to read. Ruth, it takes 15 minutes to read. Uh, Esther, it takes 30 minutes to read. You look down to places like Daniel, it takes one hour and 25 minutes uh, to read. Uh, if you were to go down to Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, Mark, it takes one and a half hour to read. Acts, two, uh, a little over two hours. Romans, takes the average reader one hour to read. And you get down to books like Second John and Third John, Two minutes. Fleeman three minutes. Uh, Jude, it's four minutes. Revelation, one hour, 25 minutes is what we're talking about, what the average time reading is. And so I want to encourage you, you can work your way through the Bible. If you see this, you just need to pick a book and get started. The game-changing, revolutionary uh, tip that really could transform your Bible reading is if you feel like the Bible is so sporadic and you don't understand the big picture, it might be because you're reading it in a way that God did not compose it. And so I would encourage you wherever you are, I would encourage you, start by reading in a book, find an epistle that you've always enjoyed. Maybe start easy with Philippians or James. Start there. And then you want to stretch out a little bit more. Maybe read uh, 1 Peter. It's a little bit longer or something like that. And then go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Go to Acts. Read some Psalms. And then eventually you're going to build up enough muscles where you can read the entirety of God's Word. Acts chapter 20, verse 27, Paul says it this way. He did not shrink back from declaring the whole counsel of God. Let me just tell you, every single one of these books is great. And the Bible was not written to be like a fortune cookie or a yearbook or are you trying to do things that you're not ready to do? The Bible is written for us to digest within book forms. And I would encourage you. Start taking those laps, start getting, uh, building up some muscle, and see what can happen as you invest yourself in that wonderful discipline of reading God's Word. And over time, you're going to need a greater scope of what His Word says. Let me tell you something. The more that you understand the Word, the more that you'll love Him. Regarding your Bible reading plan, I hope that you will use this game-changing tip in your life, and it will transform it, I promise you. I pray I'll see you on the second mile.